Welcome back, my friends. Welcome back to another edition of Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, coming to you, as always, from the, well, the not-so-sunny climes of western Japan today. Unfortunately, it's a bit wet and rainy and miserable, but wherever you are right now and however you're listening to me, I hope you are safely ensconced and sheltered from the elements for the next hour because we have a very interesting conversation lined up for you this evening, and I certainly hope that you're in the right headspace for it, because it's going to be extremely interesting, I think. Tonight we're going to be talking to Aaron Franz of theageoftransitions.com, and of course he is the documentary filmmaker behind the self-same uh, documentary, The Age of Transitions, and he's also the author of a book, Revolve, Man's Scientific Rise to Godhood, you can find out more information about his book, his documentary, and his podcast at theageoftransitions.com. So, Aaron Franz, it's great to have you on tonight's broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here, James. It's great to speak with you again. Absolutely. Well, for those who don't know, we have spoken a couple of times. I've been on your podcast. You've been on mine. So for people who want to check that out, they can go to CorbettReport.com or TheAgeOfTransitions.com and search for our respective names and uh, see some of the conversations we've had in the past. But um, but since this is your first time on the program, just in the couple of minutes here before the first break, perhaps you can introduce yourself, your website, and your work. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very exciting to be here on RBN, of course. And uh, as you said, my website is theageoftransitions.com. My documentary of the same name, The Age of Transitions, is what I'm best known for. It's a hour-long documentary about the subjects of transhumanism, eugenics, uh, technological singularity. This gets into artificial intelligence, nanotech, uh, all sorts of futuristic high-tech subjects. And um, my book, Revolve, is just expanding on those same topics. It's all about these... Uh, transhumanism and singularity basically at, at the crux of it all that's right again a fascinating topic and one that is on not only the cutting edge but i think really ahead of the curve in so many ways as these issues i think become more and more important as the technology continues to evolve i guess if we can use that word um but but tell people just in a, a couple of sentences about your your basic philosophy and what it is that you're opposing or what it is that you <laughs> sure 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 well um there's a lot of sales pitches for transhumanism, for uh, high technology in general, just pushing this um, uh, transhumanist agenda, as it were, forward. And we see this in mass media, we see it in movies, we see it on television, uh, the whole concept of predictive programming, which your listeners will be well aware of. Uh, so we've got plenty of that. We've got the official transhumanists themselves saying that this is... Uh, you know, the only way for society to grow and to go forward and that this is actually uh, man's natural evolution uh, by uh, not only developing these high technologies but uh, integrating them with human biology in the end scheme, the whole transhuman merge of man and machine. By doing that, that is the destiny of man. So this is the ideology that we're being sold in so many ways, so many different forms. And what I'm doing is just uh, critiquing all of those sales pitches and saying, you know, well, what about this point? What about that point? I'm just uh, interjecting um, to, you know, sort of disrupt things <laughs> a little bit. That's right. Throwing a monkey in their in their works. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's the phrase, is it? But at any rate, I don't know what I mean. 
Yeah, <laughs> monkey sure, yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, absolutely. Well, trying to derail the agenda that unfortunately a lot of us see coming, and it, sometimes it feels like we're powerless to stop it from coming, but of course it, it only works if we give ourselves into it and into the transhuman agenda in general. So for people who aren't really aware of this agenda or what it's about, I hope they will be uh, checking out your website, theageoftransitions.com, where you've been detailing so much of this uh, for the last, uh, well, a couple of years now, or a year and a half, or whatever it is now. How long has it been up now? Uh, the website has only been up for about a year, but I've been doing this for longer. Yeah, yeah, I figured so. Well, okay. Well, I certainly hope people will go to theageoftransitions.com to check out more about that. But when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. Tonight, we're talking about technocracy. This is Corbett Report Radio. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and tonight we're talking to Aaron Franz of TheAgeOfTransitions.com, and the uh, tagline for The Age of Transitions is standing up and taking it back before it is lost forever. And the it, really, that we're referring to in the end is ultimately humanity itself. Uh, this is a game for all the marbles, and it's not something to be taken lightly, Although this is a subject that a lot of people don't like to get into for various reasons because it's overwhelming in so many different ways. So one way to grapple with the, the size and the scope of transhumanism and the transhumanist agenda is to try to take uh, bits and pieces and try to look at the various aspects of it because it is such an interlocking system that it is mind-boggling to step back and, and really marvel at the whole system and how it interlocks. So tonight we're going to be taking a look at a very specific part of that, that system, and uh, it's a word, actually, that I think is probably going to be the word of 2012 in the same way that the word of 2010 was austerity, a word that we've been reintroduced to recently, although it is certainly not a new word, and that word is technocracy. And to give an idea of the context in which that's being raised these days, we can take a look, for example, at uh, an editorial that was up on The Guardian back in uh, November, back on the 13th of November, it was under the title Europe, the Rise of the Technocracy, and it, the subhead is the appointment of economic experts is viewed not as a problem, but as an affirmation that these nations mean business. I'm just reading from uh, sort of the heart of that article, it says, The rise of the technocracy, to distort Michael Young's famous phrase, is what we are witnessing. This ugly term conveys two separate things. The first is a contrast with a more familiar ocracy, that derived from demos, a Greek word which brings to mind the common people. Messrs. Papadinus and Monti, referring to, of course, to the new prime ministers of Greece and uh, Italy, respectively, have not had to worry about them since both are unelected. Not merely unelected in the Gordon Brown sense of taking up the premiership midterm, but truly unelected in the sense that Mr. Brown would only have been if he had entered number 10 without having bothered to stand as an MP. If distance from the popular opinion is the first thing conveyed by technocrat, the second is expertise and et cetera, et cetera. This article goes on to talk about how the appointment of uh, Papadimos and uh, and uh, Monti in Greece and Italy is a sign that basically these, these countries are starting to take uh, their, their, their democracy and, and turn it into a technocracy, a, a system that's run by these supposed experts, in this case economic experts, to fix the economic problems that, that these, uh, these countries are undergoing. But as anyone who's looked into the history of a Papadimos or a Monti, for example, will already know, 
the the term expert uh, again is being abused and misused to just basically mean banking insider and someone who's very much uh, beholden to the interests that uh, that have put them into power. And just as an example of that, of course, Mont- Mario Monti is a Bilderberger and has been for a long time. No surprise there. So we just see continuity of agenda mas- masking itself behind this expert term. But at any rate, we're talking about technocracy. And of course, uh, right now in the European political context, it's economic uh, experts who are being parachuted in from the elite to try to save the world, quote unquote. But uh, Aaron, let's let's start talking about some of the the, um, the implications of this and, and what it all means. But, but perhaps we should start with the term itself, because unless we define a term, there's no way to really fruitfully talk about it. So when we talk about technocracy, what what comes to mind and what are some of the historical precedents for this? Yeah, well, in terms of the word, you uh, mentioned the Greek, or you or that article mentioned the Greek roots of democracy, demos meaning uh, the group or the mob. Uh, if you just break down technocracy in a sim- similar way, you get the Greek root of uh, techno being techna, and uh, that has to do with uh, art, skill, craft, method, or systems. And the technocracy is really the master masterment of arts and crafts. And a little side note here for everybody, if we were to get into more occult meanings of arts and crafts, we could go on for hours and hours on that, and that would be a fun subject. But the subject of a technocracy is, yeah, and it's basically the rule by experts and the rule by technicians, um, unelected officials, bureaucrats that uh, work their way into uh, places of power in society. So uh, with the democracy, you have at least... um, we're told, you know, free elections and the people at least get to vote on who uh, are their elected officials. But with a technocracy, it's uh, faith in the wisdom of science and the wisdom of uh, scientists and uh, bureaucrats and uh, people uh, working within the system, various uh, systems. So, so it's, it's, it's faith that these experts will rise up to the top and they through their expertise, will guide us in the right direction because they're the ones who know, be- know best. Right, exactly. I think you, you hit on the basically the two of the, the main planks of, of the problem here and, and two, I guess, flanks on which this, this idea can be attacked. And one is that we have to rely on these experts, you know, being able to actually truly um, understand the situation and provide the, the solutions for them. And uh, that's one thing in and of itself. But the other part of the problem is that they are unelected. So it's not even that uh, that we get to decide what is the, the best uh, technocratic solution to a problem. It's that these these technocrats are literally being parachuted in down from the heavens by the elite to, to come in and save the day. But, of course, these are just part of the exact same class. In the case of someone like Amario Monti or, or Papademos, these are exactly part of the, the, the ruling class that have been really trying, I think, demonstrably so, to, to scuttle the economy for, for years now to, in order to bring in their new system that they want. So um, so it raises two of the problems, I think, it, right off the bat with technocracy, one of them being the, the problem, well, do the do the so-called experts really know what they're talking about? And number two, of course, the, the fundamental problem, who are these experts and how do they get to be the experts and who says they're the experts and how do they get into their positions of power? So two very important problems, I think, with this concept. Yeah, exactly. They can basically just be the hand-picked uh, darlings of 
the establishment that may be at the time. And uh, that's exactly what you're saying, is that we're going to get um, people who are at least lauded as experts. And and in that uh, in that context, the problem becomes, well, who gets to say who's an expert and who isn't, you, you know, and... and 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 that's where the real power lies, not even in so much all these experts that are put out to run everything, but in the people who are appointing these experts, because obviously it's not the public anymore. It is uh this uh the the, the um as you say, the mainly uh financial institutions and uh banking institutions at the moment that are placing their uh agents in places um, of power now, and we can see that in Italy and other countries since it's happening right now. So that's uh, the very real, real-world example of uh, this all coming about. Exactly right, and exactly as you point out, I mean, it's certainly in the Italian example, anyone who's looked into Mario Monti's uh, record and where he's coming from knows that he is very, very much uh, an insider on so many, I mean, he's been called the super globalist because he's part of so many of these interlocking organizations. And of course, uh, Bilderberg being foremost among them. So, so exactly as, uh, for example, the European Union itself is being led by an un- unappointed, un- unelected uh, a leader who was very much a Bilderberg insider. And so too, is that happening on a micro scale in, in Italy? So I think that that to me is is with so many of these technological uh, problems, it it really does strike me as the main problem is it, where is this technology coming from? Who who funds it? Who brings it into existence? And who can afford to use it? And in the same way, when we have these uh, experts, so called, appointed to to run governments or run corporations or run whatever the case may be, in order to provide these solutions, who puts them into power? And I guess uh, another uh, key key part of all of this is that the, the technocracy. It functions in in a way that uh, I think the average person will will buy into it. it. We're we're in a way we're preconditioned to buy into this concept itself um, when it, when it's put forward in the way that it's usually put forward. Oh, these these are the uh, you know scientific ways that or the you know we've we've studied all of these problems and we've come to the best solution. You're not against the scientific method, are you, Aaron? Yes. Well, that's exactly the point here. Is uh, it's uh, any system of government can be uh, legitimized. So um, basically uh, what I'm saying here is that there can be any form of government that uh, the human mind can fathom and that form of government can exist and actually gain popular favor with the people at any given time. Uh, The real trick to getting any said government to work, to function, is to get the people that are uh, under its rule to have faith in it. So it all comes down to faith. And in our modern world, uh, traditional ideas of faith, you know, we hear the word faith and a lot of people will automatically think of religion. Well, people are becoming less and less uh, attached to the old world religions uh, day by day. And, I mean, we can all see that trend. But... uh, what is arising is a faith in empirical science, a faith in that um, there's a scientific method uh, and through the scientists that happen to be in power as technocrats, um, that that is the way for us to, uh, again, go forward. And that's how uh, our society should be run and governed. Again, the technocracy idea comes out of this faith in science 
faith in the scientists who are these experts we're talking about. So uh, we can see these trends growing, the faith in science, uh, also faith, uh, science is also used uh, to, in a technocratic way, to uh, legitimate a lot of other bureaucracies and a lot of governmental policies. Uh, <laughs> we, with um, your Climate Gate website, uh, gets in into this in depth. A lot of uh, the whole uh, CO2 carbon scare stuff is being done under the guise of, you know, this is scientific. Yeah. So. We can see it exactly there. right. It's a it's a way to relegitimate the the ruling oligarchy who's always existed, but instead of using old world uh, religion type uh, ideas, now they're using new scientific ideas. But it's the same thing, masking an old idea. So let's continue talking about that when we get back. And uh, for anyone who wants to get in on tonight's conversation, it's one eight hundred three one three nine four four three one eight hundred three one three nine four four three. We'll get you up and on the air. So let's just hang on. We'll be back right back after these messages. Welcome back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here from CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're talking to Aaron Franz of Transistor Radio, and at, uh, his website is TheAgeOfTransitions.com. So I hope you'll go check that out and subscribe to his podcast, uh, buy his book, watch his documentary. I recommend all of them. And again, I wouldn't be saying that if I wasn't doing it myself. So, uh, Aaron, tonight we're talking about technocracy, obviously, the, the idea that experts can or should be ruling our society, these unelected experts who are uh, appointed from from up on high to come and rule over us and uh when we put it that way i think a lot of people will recognize what's wrong with it but when it's put in the terms of the people who are supporting this idea it sounds so much more appealing oh it's all based on rational scientific thought processes the interesting thing to me about technocracy is that it is by no means a new idea and people like to come along and say this is a great new idea for running society but it's been around for decades in fact the better part of a century at the very, very least. I'm sure we can trace it even further back in history. But I want to, uh, to go to a clip, actually, that I have lined up from a very old movie. This is from a 1936 movie that's based on a book that was obviously written even before that point. And, uh, well, I think it makes a bit of the point that this idea has been around for a very, very long time. So let's listen to this clip. But we, who are all that are left of the old engineers and mechanics, have pledged ourselves to salvage the world. We have the airways, all that's left of them. We have the seas. And we have ideas in common. The brotherhood of efficiency. The Freemasonry of science. We're the last trustees of civilization when everything else has failed. And now, for the fourth time, who are you? I tell you, wings over the world. That's nothing. What government do you under? Common sense. I belong to world communications. We just run ourselves. And you run into trouble if you try and land here in wartime. What's the game? Order and trade. Trade, eh? And we'll cut it there, but uh, you should go and watch, in fact, watch the whole movie. Why not? It's available free on YouTube. It's, again, from 1936. The movie is called Things to Come, and it's based on a book by H.G. Wells, The Shape of Things to Come, which he wrote, obviously, before World War II that was predicting a, another world war, and this was imagining the this sort of post-apocalyptic environment of that post-war world, which is going to be run by a Freemasonry of science and, you know, a brotherhood of, of technocracy. It's going to be such a wonderful system. And in that very scene, he goes on to say that uh, that the uh, 
brotherhood of, of science or whatever they're calling themselves, wings over the world, don't uh, don't agree with the idea of private airplanes. They don't agree with the idea of nation states. They they want to have this world uh, basically run by these engineers and scientists, and that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. And there it is, H.G. Wells, of all people, bringing it to us all those decades ago. So, Aaron, any thoughts on that clip? Yes, well, H.G. Uh, Wells, very much a Freemason, very much a uh, high-ranking member of British intelligence uh, during the war, uh, very much a very important person when it comes to putting out the sales pitch for a te- technocracy. And uh, a lot of his fiction has led up to the transhumanist movement uh, at present. So uh, he's really the predecessor here. And uh, through him, we can see what even predated him, because this is an ID, an ideology that's come down through time of a perfect system, a perfect rational, uh, reasonable system that's administrated uh, perfectly, as perfectly as uh, can be, at least. So it's, it's, it's about uh, attempting to perfect um, the art, which is civilization, society trying to create the ever better society. And this we get back to, again, the the definition of technocracy, the uh, definition of techno, technology, is, again, this um, idea of the arts and the crafts, the Freemasonry of science, you know, that's all about arts and crafts. Again, we're getting into, um, really, when we talk along these lines, we're, we're talking about the inner faith, not the faith that we have in that, oh, we have faith in science and uh, we have faith that the experts will run us. That's the faith for the common person that's being given out. But for the inner sanctum, the hidden, really occult religion that is bringing, about, bringing this about is uh, faith in um, building a perfect system. And, and uh, there is a religion attached to that. There always has been. Absolutely. That's an important point. So when we come back after the break, we'll, we'll flesh that out a little bit more. But just um, on on the H.G. Wells idea, people can read a lot of his books, um, touch on this basic fundamental premise that the world will be so much better once it's run by the technocracy. But he, for example, had a book called The Open Conspiracy that talks about this exact yeah. type of system. He also has one called Anticipations of the Reaction of Mechanical and Scientific Process progress upon human life and thought and you can read more about that on anticipations of the new republic the vision of hg wells an article on oldthinkernews.com a great resource on these types of topics and just reading from that uh, that book anticipations that hg wells wrote back in the early part of the 20th century uh, in 1901 in fact he wrote that the aim was to establish a, um, a world state with a common language and a common rule all over the world its roads its standards its laws and its apparatus of control will run and it talks about um, how the, the more developed phases of the New Republic are a type of outspoken secret society with which even the prominent men of the ostensible state mm. may be openly affiliated. And goes on to talk about the ethical system based on um, shaped primarily to favor the procreation of what is fine and efficient and to check the procreation of base and servile types. So getting, of course, into eugenics, yes. which H.G. Wells was a great proponent of. So when we come back, let's start talking about some of the the, the, the occult religious ideas that are behind this technocracy.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Technocrats say yes. The technocrats say yes. Okay, anyway, we're back here. Corbett Report Radio, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, talking to Aaron Franz of Transistor Radio at TheAgeOfTransitions.com. So I hope people will be checking into his website and his works, including, of course, his very important documentary, The Age of Transitions. Tonight we're talking about technocracy, the technocrats, the coming scientifically uh, led dictatorship that will presume to tell us what to do and how to do it and under the guise of science. But we have a caller on the line, so let's go straight to the caller. Uh, Chris from Las Vegas, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me, and what an interesting topic that you've selected tonight. Being one that's been searching for answers myself, I have found uh, quite a bit that relates to your transhumanism and uh, technocracy concepts and my perceptions and understanding is that it comes from the Tavistock Institute and the Leipzig schools of those like Rothschild, Rockefeller, Edward T. Hall, Freud, Hegel, from a Hegelian dialectic. And these are, I believe, the Illuminists, or Illuminati, if you will, who believe that they truly have the insights into how best the rest of us should live, except for themselves, of course, because they are the self-assumed elite who know better because they are educated in the crafts of the sciences. And the crafts, I believe, come the crafts of the brotherhood, if you search that out through Black's Law. But which brotherhood, we might ask? And I suggest that the hood might be one of other than what we normally consider reputable sources, likely Luciferian or Satanic. And many of these guys, they related on and down and became the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, the Zebedee Brzezinski's, Henry Kissinger's, now George Soros, Maurice Simons, Al Gore. And they, I believe their information may have come from the ancient Egyptian or perhaps Jerusalem sects when the Templars brought back the secret information and the cults of Amun-Ra, or God-Man. Absolutely. Well, you you name a lot of the players and institutions there, and I know this is right up Aaron Francis' alley because he's done a lot of research on this. So, Aaron, uh, what what do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, in terms of secret societies and hidden power structures, when we're talking about technocracy, that's a natural progression of hidden power structures. Because, again, like you, you get these experts, the unelected experts, uh, put in places of power, and again, as we were saying before, well, who elects these experts? Who says that they're experts? Well, those decisions are come down from on high, from these uh, unseen powers, the, the, the people who are making the real selections for uh, and saying who's the experts, putting uh, their front men in places, uh, they're the real ones in power, of which you... Uh, named uh, at length there in the beginning of, of uh, what you're saying. So, yeah, the, the technocracy is a natural evolution of hidden power structures, covert control. Well, I believe that these individuals have certainly not sit still, and they have been morphing and 
escalating their insights into how to better control and see after the rest of us and for quite a long time. And now they've truly tried to bring about their wet dreams of scientific expertise now being formulated in the transhumanistic realization through geoengineering of foods, of humans, of waters, of weather modification, of weapon systems, economic systems, and those are all being prosecuted against America Day under a form of the Silent Weapons for Silent Wars, which was precisely a technocratically designed system for economic control and other types of control to control the masses as put forth in Rothschild's treaties back in the late 40s, early 50s. Exactly right. In fact, that's that's so much the heart of the issue because it really does go to this, the, not just uh, the, the sort of economic aspects or whatever we're looking at in Europe, but to really fundamental issues like even what it means to be human when we start talking about genetic manipulation of, of food and then eventually of humans as well. Um, we really are talking about, as I say, a game for all the marbles. So, Aaron, I know you've gone into uh, into depth uh, in your own podcast and your own work about the uh, the sort of ancient history behind this and the ancient uh, religions and cults behind this. But uh, but looking at the the current manifestation of technocracy, and you've you've alluded to the fact that this is basically a type of a type of new type of religion. Let's talk a little bit more about those aspects of it. What kind of religion are we talking about here? Well, again, it's the faith in science, the faith in logic and reason. Uh, Again, it's the faith that man, through his own inventiveness, through his crafts, can build uh, a better world uh, to perfect that which was left imperfect. You know, and many of the listeners are familiar with that phrase, I'm sure. So, um, again, this is about an idea- ideology, ideology of what it fundamentally means to be human. So you've got this idea of man the builder, Man, uh, it's man's place to build up, uh, his own, uh, his own society, his own civilization, but civilization and society are only a method in and of themselves to bring about the ultimate evolution of man himself. So, so that is to say that you, you bring about civilization merely so that you can get people working towards a group effort project uh the end goals of which are apotheosis that which is godhood so so, so through society through so you can't have high technology without uh civilization to build it it requires civilization to even have technology so in in a way what you're saying is basically that civilization was was kind of a gift from these elite in order to get us into the position where we can engineer this technocratic society which in itself was the end goal all along Yes, yeah, well, yeah, and the end goal, again, is apotheosis, is uh, uh, becoming God. And again, a God is a creator. It has a total power to create uh, whatever it so desires without any um, things to stop it. And the high technology is the means by which uh, to, to attain such creative power. Right, and then that gets into so many of the occult and the, the religious aspects of this, the perfection of that which was left unperfect, the Masonic ideals and the Ashlar and the squaring of the circle and all of that kind of, well, junk and garbage as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, but the, uh, the type of thing they truly believe in. Absolutely. Chris, great points. Anything else you'd like to add? 
Well, I would note that Patrick M. Wood has a rather insightful video at his augustforecast.com site that relates technocracy to the reported smart grid that they're trying to inculcate to the smart meters around the world, part of the Agenda 21 concept of collectively assimilating all knowledge being derived from the collection of datum from all sorts of communications and electrical datum systems, uh, monitoring all sorts of utilizations in the home, perhaps converting the home's wiring system to a monitoring system through uh, power line carrier technologies and the herding of people into the urban environments from the rural environments so they're more efficiently manageable. But you're wonderfully on point tonight, and I enjoy participating, participating with you on your discussion. And keep up the good work. I'm on your side. It looks great. And I thank you so much for your interesting work. And let's keep the light on these guys and so the world knows what they're doing. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Chris. And, and once again, that was Patrick M. Wood? Yes, Patrick M. Wood. He's a doctor. And his site is August, A-U-G-U-S-T, Forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. I would urge one to do that site to pay attention to the graphics and he has these innocent looking little blue clouds off the side those are the cloud fusion system centers data collection points and extrapolation points the NSA and DHS are trying to put together so they can collectively assimilate all these electronic datums and monitors so they can accurately predict and tune their programs to the best means of getting us to become subservient communist slave classes. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for the call, Chris. Uh, I very much appreciate it. And absolutely some, some very important points. So, um, so Aaron, moving forward, I guess the question is, where is this, this technocratic ideal heading, and what are we likely to see playing out in the next few years? As, as I say, I think this, this concept is going to become more and more important as we move further and further into the planned economic crisis and the military crisis and all of the other crises that have been stage-managed into, I think, leading us into this technocratic movement. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see the idea being uh, sold as the ideal new form of government when all of the governments of the world over uh, continue to collapse and collapse even further. Um, we're in a very interesting point in time now where obviously we see all of uh, these said governments falling apart. Uh, of course, it's, it's a world system, too, so the entire world is falling apart. Uh, we're, uh, we, the general public, are in a position where we're wondering what to do. We're like, okay, we can see that the systems that we have lived under our entire lives are failing. They're not working anymore. So what do we do? And that's the point where... Uh, technocracy can be sold and i think you're right that it will be it, because it already is being sold in so many ways we, we're just uh we had to be keen to point this out now be like and see the trends uh pointing us in the direction that yes uh, technocracy is being sold to us as the solution the solution as it were Exactly right, and and I don't necessarily put a lot of faith in things like the the Albert Pike letters about the World War Three, but but when you look at it, uh, he was writing about how they were going to stage manage a, a crisis between yeah. um, Judaism and Islam and all these religious ideals that are going to start um, 
start a war, essentially a conflict that will will be solved by coming in with the the Luciferian religion, which is really just the the technocratic ideal of of um, the the Lucifer, the light bringer, the the man who brings knowledge and techno- technology to the world, and uh, Prometheus, uh, you know, bringing bringing the gods uh, light down to the, the the humans and all of that, and it gets into that occult stuff again. But I think that. Again, it it just, uh, I don't know to the extent to which it's all, uh, you know, it was all legitimate what he was writing, but I think yeah. it does play into what we see going on. Absolutely. I think we are seeing the, the powder keg of the Middle East, of course, always that, that, that spark threatening to ignite the, the world into conflagration in, in World War Three, And unfortunately, we see that shaping up now with Syria and Iran and all of these crazy things that are happening right now that uh, that one could very well imagine how this could play out into a, a terrible war scenario that will be solved by the uh, the the scientific establishment coming down and trying to run the world the way they see it which of course yeah. as we know is just code for what the elite want yes yes and with radical islam that's actually like the extreme end of the old faith as in the old judeo um, abrahamic religions so, 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 so it's the extreme violent version of that, the old religions which are passing by the wayside, uh, it's creating a conflict, um, where it ends up actually destroying itself. That's the idea of all this. That's why so many uh, radical Islamic terrorist groups are, uh, well, well funded and trained to, uh, destroy things because not only are they, um, well, they're fulfilling many different goals all at once, one of which is actually destroying faith in the old religions which people uh, clung to for uh, the, the passing age now. So it's making way, actually, for this faith in science to come in because uh, we have this example of, oh, those Islamic fundamentalists, uh, it's just a perfect example of how when religion is taken to an extreme, it's... It's violent. It just naturally ends up in violence, so we have to do something else. We need to be rational and scientific, because that makes the most sense anyway. So that's where everything is being pushed with all this kind of philosophically. Exactly right, and it is important to note, as as we've noted in so many different ways, in so many different times, and in so many different contexts, but it's important to, to re-stress the fact that all of this Islamic radicalism and all of these these fundamentalisms and, and, and beliefs that are being used to propagate these terrorist attacks are being promoted and funded and financed and, and, and taught to these people via the auspices of the, the big players in the, this global scheme. And that's a point, for example, that I made in my recent eye-opener report on terror in the Caucasus, where all of these uh, Chechen rebels and all of these uh, terrorists in the, in the Caucasus region have been being funded secretly through this CIA and the State Department for decades now and um and it's just another piece of that puzzle where we radicalize them and we we give we literally write their textbooks where they learn to count by you know bombs and guns and things like that and and still in them this the the the, the, the seeds of the radicalism and then use that to say hey look these radical fundamentalists they're the ones who are the problem therefore religion is the problem therefore we've got to bring in the scientific dictatorship that's right that's it Problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic, exactly the point, unfortunately. 
Well, um, uh, absolutely. So where where do we take this from here? I mean, uh, I guess the question everyone will have if if they're on the same page as us about this discussion is is how do we how do we fruitfully resist this? And obviously, that's something you're very much engaged in and trans resistor. And there's no easy solution to this. There's no not going to be any silver bullet. But uh, but what are some of the things you would say to people who are looking to try to resist this this mentality that we see being inculcated in the public right now? Yes, well, this is the big question, and again, it's the question of what is the solution? Well, uh, oftentimes we're given solutions uh, such as technocracies, and technocracies are being sold as the solution so many different ways, as we're saying. So one of the real things that we should be doing is uh, noticing the Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution method that you were talking about and say, okay, this solution that they're handing us of technocracy is just uh, its no solution at all. It's, it's just being handed to us. Again, it's coming down from on high. It's nothing that we're organically creating. It may pretend to be organic and just naturally arising, but it's not. Uh, the real thing that we have to do is, you know, just take the power back individually and, um, make real uh, real conscious decisions in our everyday life, actually, and even with uh, things that seem like mundane details in our lives. We have to, um, you know, understand, uh, come up with a code of conduct for ourselves, understand, like, what we believe in, what, uh, what we want to do with our lives, and understand that uh, when we do certain things, we enable the system to go forward. So any... Your thoughts... Well, I, I was just going to say that's exactly right. I think that's exactly where this is heading and where people have to go because, um, because absolutely it's, it's a question, I think, in many ways of individuality versus this collective um, thinking in so many different levels. But let's just hold it there. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking with Aaron Franz of theageoftransitions.com. All right, we're back here on Corbett Report Radio. Of course, I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and so thank you once again for joining us tonight and here in the closing few minutes. Again, we're talking to Aaron Franz of TheAgeOfTransitions.com. So, Aaron, just in uh, wrapping up this, this conversation on technocracy, obviously, too much to really go into in any one conversation, although I hope we did touch on some of the, the key topics. But, of course, there's much, much more to this and so many pieces to the puzzle that I hope people will go to theageoftransitions.com to, to check it out and to see what you've, you've said on this in the past. But, but while we're there, just uh, let's, let's take a, a minute to talk about the, the website and what you've got uh, coming up um, in terms of your podcast and the other things you might have going on right now. Yeah, well, absolutely. The podcast itself, Transresistor Radio, I recently posted a new episode of it today. It's uh, entitled um, Looking into the Future, and it ties into what we're talking about here with the technocracy. It gets into some details about things that I think will likely happen if we continue along the path that we're going now. And it's all predictions I make based on things I've read, you know, white papers and government reports, things like this. 
So, yeah, I hope people will subscribe to the podcast. Um, you can subscribe through iTunes, uh, other different aggregators. Uh, but you can always download the um, MP3 files directly from theageoftransitions.com. I'm working on more videos. Uh, I would love to write a new book, but that's in the future. But I, I am working on the Age of Transitions 2 documentary. Um, again, I'm always saying that I'm having to kick myself in the butt to get it done, but I will. I will get done. I'm. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the big project that I'm have in the works at the moment. Well, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Obviously, the first um, documentary was so important that I want to see what's it, what's in part two. So, so I'm going to uh, kick you in the butt to get going on that if you don't do it yourself. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you you do cover you cover such a wide range of material. Um, I'm also looking at the front page right now. You've got the alchemy and popular music part of an ongoing series you're doing about um, sort of the, the pop culture and the way it's indoctrinating us in various ways. Perhaps you can talk a little bit about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, this gets into more occult aspects of things and the hidden faith that is behind uh, the dealings in our world, and it speaks to us through popular culture, popular music, and so many popular songs that we've heard through our lives. We'll, they'll have lyrics, and we'll say, "You know, that I really like this song, but the lyrics they don't make any sense whatsoever. Like, and this is ridiculous, but it's catchy." Uh, what I'm saying is that those ridiculous lyrics actually have profound meaning, uh, meaning that has to do with the alchemical process, and it gets very detailed. What is the alchemical process? Well, again, it's basically about the building up of civilization and the method of using mind over matter, the, the idea that uh, thoughts um, and ideas shape the world. Indeed, uh, what an incredible, uh, what incredible large topic to cover. But, uh, but again, doing doing excellent work with it, with things like that, and of course the the most recent one, bring bring on the dancing horses by Echo and the Bunnymen. What are some of the other songs that you've covered? Um, well, that's the first specific song that I've gotten into in this series. I have the introductory article that's just alchemy and popular music. I lay out all like the basics of what I'm what the whole series is and. Yeah, with the Echo and the Bunnymen song, I uh, dissect, bring on the dancing horses. Uh, in short, the the horse symbol is used uh, as a symbol of the apocalypse, of sort of the ending of a system and the bringing in of a new system. So mm. the end of the oh, old. Echoes faster. of the Four Horsemen, perhaps, but absolutely yeah. fascinating topic, and perhaps we can have you on again in the future to talk about that specifically. But Aaron Franz, once again, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you, James. It's uh, my pleasure. Excellent. Well, thank you all for listening out there, and I hope you're going to join me again tomorrow night. Tomorrow we're talking with James Evan Palato of MediaMonarchy.com about his site, FoodWorldOrder.com. So until then, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>